You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 241, with Daryl Lyons. Today's conversation is around behavioral finance. Well, we eventually get there. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, all of you amazing abundant leaders out there? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community where we are showing you and proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance and prosperity in family, faith, finances, and fitness. And today's conversation is greatly focused around finance. But as usual, our conversation does take on a life of its own. So buckle in, because here we go. And of course, stick around to the end, because I will be sharing some action steps with you. I never want to just share with you a conversation, some information, without some action steps. Very important for you to take action on information that is new to you. And even before we get there, your action step right up front that I want to make sure that you know about, and I'll mention this later, as I always do, Be abundant in your actions today by paying it forward and sharing men of abundance and sharing good information in general, not just men of abundance. When you find good information that can be helpful to somebody else, do not have the scarcity mindset and hold that to yourself. Knowledge is only power when it's shared and acted upon. So take action, pay it forward, and share men of abundance and other information with everyone that you come in contact with. Now you have no doubt heard It is not what you earn, but what you keep. Well, what you earn and what you keep all comes down to decisions and behaviors. Or it might be the other way around. I don't really know. We're going to find out during this conversation. In either case, Daryl and I are going to do our part to give you a few insights that are likely to put more cash in your pockets. Our featured guest today is Daryl Lyons. He's a certified financial planner and a behavioral finance advisor. And he is considered an expert in the area of personal finance and author of several books. His latest was endorsed by Dave Ramsey. Daryl's company, Pax Financial Group, has made the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies in the country. Author, entrepreneur, community leader, and family man, Daryl wears many hats and understands what it takes to plan for financial freedom. Among his many accolades, Daryl is most proud of the San Antonio Business Journal naming Pax Financial one of the best places to work. He was also a nominee of the John C. Maxwell Leadership Award and recipient of the Small Business Person of the Year Award for mentoring others. Daryl was also recognized by the state of Texas and Mayor Ivy Taylor. A community leader, Mayor Julian Castro, recognized Daryl for his involvement in redeveloping a part of the city by naming a park the Daryl W. Lyons Park in his honor. Daryl's latest mission is to help redefine retirement, where we no longer think of retirement but rather pivot into the next chapter of life with purpose. This idea is rooted in thousands of one-on-one conversations with people about money and relatively new study called behavioral finance. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Daryl Lyons. Daryl, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Wally. Awesome. Where are you at in the world? 
I'm in South Texas, San Antonio uh, specifically, and a little chilly here, but um, it's it's good. I don't know why, but last night my wife and I were actually she was we were sitting there watching TV, and she pulled up on uh, she's looking at the. Um, temperature and i think she was looking to see what the forecast is going to be here but for some reason her phone was on san antonio and she was like oh my goodness it's going to be cold in san antonio because <laughs> um when when we were considering leaving hawaii we were looking at either san antonio new Braunfels area specifically yeah. or here in tampa and obviously we chose tampa um but we love san i love san antonio i mean I, being an army medic i basically can say i grew up in San Antonio, as far as my military career is concerned, because I always went back and forth to the, uh, now they call it Joint Page San Antonio. That's right. Yeah. It used to right. be Fort yeah. Sam Houston. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, um, that's a, that's a real treasure in our community and, and obviously a, a military community. And, and most people who live here, they can trace their roots to a father or grandfather who was stationed here at Lackland or Randolph or one of the bases and then settled their family down here. So everyone here has a strong appreciation for the military, and, and I think that's what makes it such a special city. Yeah, absolutely. Texas in general loves veterans and loves their military for sure. And um, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to go to Texas because they do take care of veterans. They have a lot of programs and, and stuff like that. So that's awesome, man. So before we get too much into the conversation, as you know, we like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? Um, so um, married 16 years. And so the week that we're recording this um, is the week of our anniversary. And so I'm certainly thankful for a, a very healthy marriage. And I uh, went on a date with her last night, actually. And I just looked at her and I said, uh, man, I did marry over my head. <laughs> she's She's a good looking woman. So I'm very thankful for her. That's awesome, man. That is absolutely beautiful. Our our anniversaries are close together. Ours is in December. So, how would you describe yourself? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm somewhere between simple and complex. Uh, <laughs> you know, I listened to that song, "Simple Man." It was at Leonard Skinner, and I, I can't say that I'm overly simple uh, because I, I feel like I'm always reflecting on who I am and trying to be a better person, a better version of me every single day. And, um, that includes me, uh, physically taking care of my body and, uh, spiritually and intellectually and academically and, um, even altruistically how I care for others and really challenging myself all the time to just be, to be the better version of myself. And, um, that really describes, you know, my life journey. Where do you think that comes from? That, that process of you that makes you decide that you want to continue bettering yourself? Yeah, I think if, if I were to reflect on, as most men do, um, our relationship with our father or the lack of relationship with our father, and that's certainly the case with me as well, um, as if I reflect on the childhood that I had. And um, my father is a very good man, but he um, he had me when he was 20 and my mom was 16. So they were still growing up and figuring out who they were uh, while I was uh, growing up. And so... There was time where, um, you know, my father was working hard and I wasn't getting the attention that I needed at the time. And um, and we moved around a lot in, in the South Texas area. So trying to figure out who I was as a man and trying to make it on your own, you, you then put together some um, strategies of life uh, that are helpful and, and that lead to, to results. For example, when I played high school football, I was taught about goal setting. And once I learned about goal setting in high school football in South Texas, uh, and I started applying it and then I started to receive some of the attention I desired, uh, 
then I would uh, reflect and say, how can I apply goal setting in all aspects of my life? And those actually became habits. And so uh, I can honestly say since 1999, I've been uh, literally setting goals uh, every single year. And I think I still have all of them. And uh, they, the way it's done has evolved, but I've been a goal setter since, since early in life. Goal setter and goal, goal achiever, I'm assuming as well. You know, I, I try to hit 75%. I don't, I don't have an expectation of hitting all of them because life happens, but I try to hit about 75% of them. And I look back and I think, you know, that's, I, I didn't let life waste away. I actually was, you know, intentional about things and that's refreshing. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want life just to pass me by and say, man, I wish I would have done this or that. Uh, I try to be very, um, very intentional and most of the time it works out. You know, I dig your honesty on that, that you only hit about 75% of your goals. And that's extremely important, guys, for you to listen to, because I literally just got off the phone with a guy, a Zoom call uh, with one of my clients. And, you know, he's really beating himself up because he's not reaching his goals. And as I pointed out to him, while he's not reached his ultimate goal, he's reached the stepping stones and he's reached the the, the um, milestones that will ultimately get to that goal. But by the time he gets to that point, his goal may change as mine have over throughout the course of my life. So by the time we got done with the call, he's like, shit, I'm moving forward. I'm constantly moving forward. I'm making all this stuff happen. And I don't even realize it because I'm beating myself up so much because I'm not reaching, I'm not where I want to be, but it's the journey and you're on your way to where you want to be. And he is making progress. So what are your thoughts on that? Cause I really am glad that you brought that up. Yeah, the journey itself is is a big part of it. I um and and you know we we tend to focus in on when we think about goals, we all often as men think about career goals. Well, you know if we also think about the journey of our you know the other goals in life, like our family, um you know it's you you have no control on the out output of what your child looks like. Uh, so, you know, you can't, you certainly can't beat yourself up on the outcomes. I, I, I just really don't think you can. I think that there's so many uncontrollables in life where you can beat yourself up a little bit and it's healthy beat up is, did you do the things within your con- control? For example, my daughter, Claire, she's a beautiful 11 year old girl, wonderful treasure of mine. Um, if I were to say, you know, I, I set goals to have a relationship with her, but if I were to evaluate myself and say, you know what, I, I, I just fallen short of that. I think that would be unhealthy. But if I did ask myself, Hey, I set out a task to date her every other month. If I did that part, then I can give myself a big pat on the back because I did what I could control. So I try to focus in on what I can control and let the outcomes take care of itself. And again, I told you I'm a man of faith. I let God kind of do all the heavy lifting on the, on the outcomes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I dig that uh, strategy. It's a very good way to live life uh, as I do. So I want to get into you know, what you're doing with Pax Financial Group and and how that came about, because what I'm really interested in and what intrigued me the most about when um, you and I first got connected or when I was um, introduced to you by um, Amplify Publishers is behavioral financial advisor. I'm super intrigued with that. That is really cool. But before we even do that, I want to ask you what your uh, kick in the gut moment is. And this is that point in your life or several points in your life, but choose one that you felt that kick in the gut that kind of took you to your knees and uh, really make us feel that. Yeah. So it was about, speaking of Claire, it was about um, nine years ago. So again, she's 11. I have four kids. So she's the second of the of the four. And, and this is just one of them, man. I mean, there's just so many <laughs> kicking the guts in my life. 
Um, and they've all been, they've all me, they've all made me, uh, Wally, honestly, a better man. Um, but this is one. And so it was nine years ago and she, uh, she's a beautiful girl. And we had two at the time and my wife was expecting our third, uh, during this season of life, it was actually kind of challenging. I was, uh, getting our company off the ground financially is tricky. I manage a lot of money and, um, I'm placed a trade and lost a guy, a ton of money. And, and there was no way I was getting it back. It was gone. And he had a, <laughs> he had a beard and guns and he wasn't happy and it was just frustrating. And then I uh, was trying to play golf and I'm just not good at golf. So I kept messing that up. And then I went, another thing happened where I was jogging in San Diego and I got lost. Um, I didn't have my phone. And so I ended up jogging for 12 miles. I was late for a conference. These are just little things, but they're adding up. So then leading up to the, this, I was just already frustrated with who I, what was going on at work and, uh, uh, athletically and recreationally. And so I'm going to, I'm just going to hang out at my house and my wife's expecting our third. So I just ask her, just stay at home. I'll go to the grocery store. And I drive to the grocery store in our SUV and my daughter Claire's in the back seat. And again, it's kind of a leather jacket, sunglasses kind of day. It's a beautiful day. And, um, we're singing or whatever. And she, she asked to roll down the window. We roll down the window, but then I turn around and she's screaming. And what she had done is she kicked the electronic up button with her foot and put her finger between the window and the frame. And, um, and I, I, I was going to swerve over to try to, uh, try to get it to, um, I, I thought I was going to have to punch the window cause I didn't have a clue how I was going to get it down. It would not go down and her foot was still on that button. Finally, she released her foot. The window came down, but her finger was severed and there was blood all over her princess dress and her finger was hanging on by its skin. So I rushed to the hospital and, um, we had to keep her in that night. The, the doctor, uh, Dr. Chris Phelps successfully reattached her finger that night. Um, but that night my wife lost our third baby. And so this is a kick in the gut because, um, my mantra in life up until this point was mental toughness, extra effort, MTXE. That's what I was, um, that's the, the, the idea of life that had guided me up until that point. Um, but I could not MTXE my way through this, uh, season. So I, that's, that is actually my spiritual awakening because I called a guy that knew more about the Bible than I did. And I sat down with him and we just unpacked it and he reframed my perspective in life at that point, And I started just leading a different life as a man. Well, yeah, that's the, um, those significant emotional events <laughs> certainly will bring that into perspective and change the trajectory of your life. And I definitely feel that one, man. I Thanks for sharing that with us because that's, uh, that's pretty deep. So there's times, guys, when you realize that you just can't pull in all these, you know, like the mental toughness. What is that? How, MTFE? MTXE, MTXE, mental toughness, extra effort. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just can't conjure up the strength to do that, but and that's okay. What did you do? How did you how did you get back to that? Well, so what to your first point, you know, I was always beating myself up over the outcomes of life, um, and you know, I grew up without money. Again, a, a difficult situation growing up. Um, you know, we ended up living in a little trailer park off the side of the highway, and. Uh, the, as a child, I just I had to I felt like I had to get out of the um, perpetual poverty or you know I don't even say we're poverty we're probably just lower lower middle class and but it was just a struggle and so I wanted to get out of that so bad that I just I just was a, just a complete go getter and everyone knew me in college as the guy that would just you know just go above and beyond and everything and um, 
and I was just extremely ambitious, not not in a selfish ambition kind of way, but in an, uh, an ambitious of I just wanted to have something better for li- for my life. And if I have a family, I want a better life for them as well. And so it was an extreme focus and um, it was just exhausting, man. I mean, I just, you know, I, I mean, again, I told you I was a goal setter and I, you know, I, I would just do everything that I could. Um, you know, I did Israeli martial arts. I've done jujitsu. I've done um, you know, marathon running, bicycle racing, you know, it's just, you check the box and, and to a certain degree I would do it as, as a high performer kind of guy. So, um, again, that's exhausting. And then, and then I would get exhausted if the outcome didn't meet my expectation. And so I would just beat myself up like you had mentioned earlier. So when I met this guy named Bill Loveless, um, I don't remember again, it's odd for everyone to hear this who aren't, you know, don't look through a spiritual lens and it's just, I, I didn't either really, but it was as though God was speaking through him saying, are you done yet? <laughs> are you done living the life I never intended you to live? Are you done worrying? Are you done uh, putting all this pressure on you to try to achieve all these things in life? Are you done? And, and frankly, that's the message that I heard. And I said, yeah, I'm done. And, and it did not change me doing things with excellence. It, it just changed me putting the pressure on the outcomes and putting it in God's hands, the outcomes and letting life ebb and flow and enjoying the journey. And that perspective, um, took, took my blood pressure down, uh, took all the pressure off me. Again, I still, I, I, I can't re- reiterate this enough. I do think, I still do things with a high degree of excellence. I just don't put the pressure on the outcomes as much as I used to. Yeah. You know, there's a great analogy that I, I've used before and I've heard this and I, I like analogies and you may have heard it, the guy walking through the desert and you know, he's driving along and all of a sudden he sees what appears to be an oasis He's like, what the heck is that? So he drives out there, he pulls up, and it's this beautiful, it's not an oasis, it's just an actual beautiful piece of land with plush gardens and, and vegetables and all this flowers just growing everywhere in the middle of this desert. And he walks up to the door and he knocks on the door, and he walks up and he pounds on the door and he says, oh my God, you are so blessed that God gave you all this and God put all this here and God did all this and you know you should not be so blessed. And he said, the, the man that owns the house, he says, yeah, absolutely, I am very blessed. I'm very, very blessed. But you should have seen this place when I first got here, when God had it to himself. And the point is that, <laughs> the point is that, that it was it. land. And the guy brings in... You know, and he brings in the seeds and he brings in the, the water and he waters it every day. He has to tend to it every day. But ultimately, this, the outcome of that success still had to do with God. But the man had to put in the effort. That's exactly right. You know, it's it's such an interesting balance in life. You know, prior to uh, my life, I uh, there was one scripture in the book of Proverbs that I, I memorized. And it's, go like an ant thou slugger, consider his ways and be wise. And that was my that was my mantra, right? I'm gonna go like an ant. I'm gonna work my tail off, and I'm gonna get it done. And so, yeah, we as men, we kind of get caught one sided, one or the other. Either like, okay, God's gonna work it out, and I'm not gonna put any effort in, or I'm gonna put all the effort in, and not depend upon Him. But mm-hmm. you know, when I started to unpack the scriptures, now I, you know, since that day, I've probably read the Bible every single day since that that time, and I I read it every single day, every morning. It's the first thing I do. Um, it's unbelievable to me. It blows me away still today. Um, but I just, I understand that relationship between dependence upon him and then being responsible. So to your point, um, I, I get that and, and it's a, it's an everyday, um, every day I, I wrestle with it to what degree am I, um, being dependent to what degree am I being responsible? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so ultimately, you were saying, you know, you got through, you're, you're in this terrible situation, um, you're doing the work and giving God the, you know, praising God for the results and not worrying too much about what the outcome was going to be because you knew you were putting in the work. And at what point did, you know, you get to the point to where you feel, you know, I believe personally, (laughs) this is my personal belief and my revelation that I had years ago when I started this whole men of abundance journey is that it's just that it's a journey and enjoy the journey along the way. We never truly make it in quotations because once you make it, then there's the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It's always something improving our foxholes, I always say. But um, at what point did you get to the point to where you were feeling comfortable uh, with the actions that you were t- taking and actually reaping some results? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think it was, let's see, so I really started in the f- financial business in 1999, the day after I graduated college. Even prior to in college, I was giving people financial advice because at the time, in 97, 98, when I was an undergrad, the dot-com boom was happening. And so I would – some of the MBA students would come and I would give them advice on what, what stocks to pick. And, 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 and so I was really in the game. I was in the financial game when I was about 18. And now today I'm 42 and it has not stopped since that day. Um, so it was, a, it was a, it's a grind though, Wally. I mean I, I mean there was years where I was a, I was a broke financial advisor. And like, that's like a shop teacher with no fingers. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, when did, you know, I, you know, you just pound that rock every single day. And, um, I knocked on every single door. It seems like in the city of San Antonio asking somebody to invest with me or buy something because all my uh, relationships were either in a trailer park or college students. Neither one of them can are really good clients. And so, um, so I guess what I'm the point I'm trying to make is there was years and years and years of years of me trying to get to a point of uh, success, and and you know what it finally happened one day, uh, I caught a break, um, but it was interesting how it happened because, do you know who Dave Ramsey is, Wally? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so Dave Ramsey um, was this was again about 15 years ago he and he endorses some financial advisors now the language has changed over the years for regulatory purposes but at the time he endorsed a guy named Andres Gutierrez and um, Andres was working in the office right next to me at a at a big um, brokerage firm and he was right next to me and I was grinding every day we went down to one car my wife would drop me off at work and Andres was just watching me and he was like watching me struggle and and then Andres had an assistant and he he went he went to the assistant and said, "Hey, have you ever met Daryl?" And she goes, "Oh yeah, I've known Daryl. I've known Daryl for years." And he asked, "Well, what kind of guy is he of integrity?" And she's like, "Oh man, he is. He's a high integrity guy. One of the best that you'll meet." And she just bragged on me. Well, Andres then came over to me and just said, "Hey, look, my my assistant speaks so highly of you. I've seen you working hard." Um, this guy Dave Ramsey endorses me and he's given me like a hundred referrals every single month. Would you like to have half of them? I'll just give them to you. What? And I go at first I was like, no, cause I mean, there's always strings attached and what, what's my obligation. And I, I, I know Dave Ramsey, I read his books, but I really don't know him. I'm, but I, I, I said yes, because I really, I was in a tough position. And let me tell you today that had been, that been a very good decision. Today, Dave, Dave Ramsey and I have a great relationship. He has about 12 people that he trusts with financial advice around the country. I'm one of them. He's endorsed us 
for I don't know how many years now and been a really nice tailwind. I think what happens over time is that, you know, I, I'm not going to be as smart as everyone, but I want to out integrity everyone. <laughs> um, and so if I just, I think if I just keep pounding and doing the right thing and doing the right thing, eventually I just kind of get lucky and, um, you get, you catch a break, but that was, uh, that was about, uh, almost 10 years of just working your tail off. And then finally, you know, you catch a break. And, and so since then you kind of build off of those breaks you catch another one, you catch another one. And before you know it, you've, you've kind of built something. And so today we have, you know, a, a 20 person firm and, uh, doing pretty well in the community, but it was, it was a long time of just knocking on doors before that happened. Wow. Good for you. Yeah, that's absolutely. And you know, sometimes we can't explain things that happen like that. I call that divine intervention. Uh, you were just doing the right thing and doing the right thing for so long that eventually it's just got to pan out. That is such an amazing story that you were able to to do that. And, you know, to the guys out there going, well, that's fine enough for you because, you know, you knew that guy and had that connection, but you didn't even know this guy. This is, this no. is something that just happened because you were doing the right thing and you were, you know, grinding and, and making it happen. But all with everything, even, even if at the time in desperate times, you still kept your integrity about you because that is so important to say, because from a, from a person outside of the financial world, there's so many people that look at products like that and people that sell products like that, that, that you're just trying to get my money so that you can invest it and make more money for yourself. And you've heard all the things about, well, why are you going to have somebody who drives a a Pinto, you know, tell you about your finances and stuff like that. It's just such oh, a hard, oh. I, I, you know yeah, what I'm saying? I had, it, it really is. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut off your thought, Wally. I, I laugh because I had to struggle with that mentality of, um, I remember having a friend. Um, so I won an award a, a years ago for top, um, 40 business people under 40 in the city. And in the award uh, description in the newspaper, uh, they asked what car I, I drive. And at the time, I was driving a, uh, a Nissan Maxima with like 110,000 miles. I bought it off of Craigslist. They delivered it. It had uh, it was it was just it was what I could afford. But I'm getting an award of top 40 under 40. And so people would look at this thing, and they would and I had more than a handful of comments. Usually, friends were like, um, "Yeah, if you're." if you're successful, you're, you've got to drive a better car than that. And what happened, the reason I was okay with not trying to put on a show is because early in my career, I was told that you're going, uh, it was a guy, he said, Daryl, you're going to be much better when you get a Lexus at your job. And, and I went ahead and, and, and tried that game and I did not like it. It was uncomfortable because I was, I was owning a vehicle I, I authentically couldn't afford. So I felt I felt unauthentic and the people who gave me that advice actually filed bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I got to the position where I just stopped caring about how people, um, judge me as an advisor. And I just uh, made a, a, a bold attempt to just buy a vehicle I can afford, uh, pay cash. I, I have vehicles that I don't, uh, they're, they're, they're fine vehicles. I mean, I've got a suburban and a Lexus, both of them are paid for. Neither one of them are brand new. But I'm very comfortable in my own skin, not trying to be somebody else. And and uh, but that's that journey of just a vehicle. When you mentioned vehicle for a moment, 
uh, you know, it hits home for me because it's a, something I've had to struggle with. But now I've gotten to the point where I'm just comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. And guys, this is what we're talking about, man. This whole living a life of abundance. Money's great. I, I love making money. I really do. I enjoy the the whole journey, the whole excitement of adding value to somebody else's life and, and getting duly compensated for that. I, I just really thrive on that feeling. But I thrive on giving and I thrive on everything else as well, even more. But the whole, I've heard this so many times with people getting into business and especially real estate and financial advising and stuff like that. The whole make, you know, uh, fake it till you make it type of thing. And that it makes sense if you put it into the right dialect, if you really pay attention to what they're, what, how it actually helps because fake it till you make it isn't wearing a suit that costs $3,000 when you know you can't afford it and and look in that piece and, and driving the car that you know you can't afford. I know a real estate agent, for instance, that's in Hawaii and I know for a fact that she is, I mean, when you sell a house in Hawaii, a, you know, 700000 to a $2 million house, their commission is huge. Their commission is what some people make in a year and she drives a very conservative vehicle. She looks nice. She dresses nice, but she drives a conservative vehicle while all the broke real estate agents are driving cars that are way outside their wheelhouse that they can't afford. And they're stressed out constantly because they're always working to pay for that car note where she doesn't have to worry about that. And it, you just got to be careful with the whole fake it till you make it bit. What are your thoughts about that, Daryl? Yeah, I, I, I just like living authentically. Um, and I, I feel more comfortable doing that. Um, I want to, I'm going to try to focus on, um, other intangibles that are, that are within my wheelhouse. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll let others, I, and I know people who have faked it until they make it and they've been very successful with it. So it's, it's, it's people that can, there are people that can do that. Um, I think it's, I just find it disingenuous and I just, I'm a, I'm a person who enjoys authenticity, um, and I, I enjoy the journey to your point of, you know, maybe one day I can get that car and, and then I can, that I've always wanted and pay cash for it and then just enjoy that, that satisfaction of, of delayed gratification. And, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm I just want to live, a, a, I want to be a very authentic person. I want to be very, uh, genuine. I want people to relate to me. And so for that reason, I can, uh, you know, some people can do it. I just can't personally. Yeah, tracking. Yeah, I agree with that. So we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that? Yeah, ready. Excellent. Hey, business owners, check this out. If you've been in business for about three to five years, somewhere in that range, give or take a few, and you're currently doing some sort of advertising, whether it's on Facebook, in the newspaper, cable TV, radio, billboards, or even in the yellow pages. Yes, I have the yellow pages right here. People still do advertise in yellow pages. And I'm here to tell you, I see these advertisements all the time and they're throwing money away. You may be throwing money away in those ads. Guys, I don't know if you know this or not, but on top of me being the most awesome podcast host of this amazing Men of Abundance podcast, I'm also a very skilled and brilliant business and life strategist. I have an e-learning system with literally millions of dollars of marketing and strategies already done for you. You just have to model those. I am partnered with over 100 business coaches that are experts in many different industries. That makes me very confident that I can help you in your business, regardless of what industry you're in. I can help you not only generate more leads, but actually convert those leads into paying customers and repeat customers. 
I can show you business strategies that will increase your revenue and your profits in a matter of months. But all that aside, I need your help. I'm in the process of writing another edition of my current book. My current book is No BS Business Breakthrough, How to Double Your Lead Conversions and Triple Your Revenue in Less Than 45 Minutes. And in that book, I have the top eight strategies of over 100 strategies that I use throughout the course of the year. But those top eight strategies are the ones that I find I use with most business models right up front. And what I need is a couple more case studies from industries that I have not currently worked with in various areas of the United States. So here's what I want to do. I would like to do a 45-minute business breakthrough session with you going over my process using some of your input from your industry, from your business, so that I can measure that up and see how my strategies would impact businesses in your industry. And instead of charging you my normal fee for doing this business audit and this business breakthrough session, what I would like to do is use your data with your permission in my next book and any articles that I may write leading up to the book. I can add your feedback with your name, your business name, or anonymously. It's totally up to you. But the mention in the book or the article would certainly give you some free publicity. And in return for your time and professional feedback, you will certainly walk away from this business breakthrough session with strategies that you can implement that day. And on top of that, I will give you 30 days access to my e-learning platform where you will have access to the first four videos of the 52-week series complete with workbooks as well as the first four weeks of the e-class done for you marketing email campaigns I'm telling you guys the first 30 days in the e-learning system will definitely increase your revenue and profits within your business as long as you implement just one of the strategies that I'm going to share with you within the 45-minute business breakthrough session or even just one of the strategies that's inside the e-learning platform. So if you're willing to help me out with your professional feedback on how my systems will impact businesses in your industry, then go to menofabundance.com forward slash help Wally, W-A-L-L-Y. Menofabundance.com forward slash help Wally is where you can schedule your 45-minute business breakthrough session with me and as soon as that session is done, you'll be able to implement the strategies we talk about. And I'll give you instant access, 30-day access, no credit card needed, nothing like that, to the e-learning platform. I look forward to talking with you, and I look forward to impacting your business somehow. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Yeah, first of all, I, I would really... Um, uh, again, I'm a financial guy, so I'm going to suggest that you... Um, get in the habit of giving 10%. Um, and you find that, that, uh, research has shown that it reduces depression, uh, and anxiety, uh, if you actually give 10%. So it's one action item I, I want, uh, people to execute as well. And then, uh, I think this Wally, this show's airing in February, right? That's correct. Okay. So we've passed Christmas. So you have another, you know, 10 months to prepare for Christmas um, do Christmas different this year. Um, think about uh, other people. Think about maybe even if you're financially strapped to start saving now for Christmas. Uh, s start getting in the habit of, of planning because it's a muscle. The planning is a muscle. Uh, Dr. Uh, Heidi Halverson has done the research on this. 
and neuroplasticity and all that stuff. So if you start the habit of planning in advance of an event, it'll become a habit every year. I, I've done it for years at work. So give and plan for Christmas. Those are my two uh, action items. Well, I love that. Absolutely love that. What daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Daryl? Um, again, I talked earlier about me getting up, and um, I have a very specific morning routine. So I get up. I have water with uh, lemon. I have a cup of coffee. I'm still before the Lord. I read the Bible, um, or sometimes I'll read a, a journal type, uh, like a book, but usually it's the Bible. Um, and then I always stretch because I'm an old man now, so I have to stretch it out. Um, and so that's my that's my rhythm. Um, every uh, every Monday morning, so that's my rhythm of the day. And then every Monday morning, I have a rhythm of my of my day, so of what I have to accomplish that week. So I create an agenda item that um, I go through every Monday morning that sets up my week and helps me think through the week. And I do that every Monday at 8 a.m. So those are two items, one to plan the day and one to plan the week. What would you recommend that our men of abundance read or listen to and why? Oh, goodness. That's that's my that's, you know, I've my books, of course. And and that's, you know, I, I only say this because I, I authentically want people to to make a difference in their lives. So I'm going to talk about my first book, which is Small Business, Big Pressure. And that helps people re, uh, recalibrate their way of thinking. That small business big pressure was the inspiration from that story I told you about my daughter Claire. Mm-hmm. And so that I made a book because it made such a difference in my life. So that's one. Um, and and the other one I'm going to talk about is not my book, but um, well, actually, the the latest book is 18280. So you can always do that one. That one's pure money book. But the the one, other book I really liked that I read recently was Practicing the Presence of People by uh, Mike Mason. And that was an enjoyable read for me to reframe the way I view people in my life. You know, we can get very transactional if we get into business mode. And, and, and you've said this word in more than one occasion about journey, just enjoying the journey of, of having and meeting new people and walking life with them. That's a good one too. Wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, I dig that. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? So certainly insecurity. Um, and I think that's helpful for, again, and I keep going back to this only because it's who I am, Wally, and I, I, I hope I don't, um, I hope people don't get discouraged because my faith is such an integral part. But here's the deal. I am such a, a flawed man in so many ways. Um, I have so many um, messed up idiosyncrasies about me. But when I, honestly, I read the Bible every day and I read about the people God has used to do great things that were so flawed from... Um, from Noah to Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to to David to Paul and and I go well if I do believe in God then I believe that he can even use me and so for that reason I just changed my approach because I think the alternative I think I'd get in a place honestly I'd get a place of, in, of insecurity and I think that that place of insecurity would trap me and and leave me in a very finite place so i set aside that insecurity and i replace it with dependence and it allows me to thrive and excel and put myself in a position where i'm way in over my head and let god do the outcomes and it's worked incredibly well i like how you mentioned that you go for things that are way out of your wheelhouse way over your head um because that pushes you to reach higher and even if you don't reach that at least you know like this like they always say shoot for the stars and what is it shoot for the stars at least hit the clouds or something like that you know wally can i tell you a quick story about that absolutely please so this is crazy but as an example and you'll appreciate this but i was um i was assigned by the mayor to help redevelop part of the city and um so it was uh it was an air force base that was being bracked and the the missions were um 
it's Brooke City Base, and the missions were being transferred to Lackland and to Wright-Patterson. And so this, the city of San Antonio put together a, a committee and a board to help make a successful transition and bring in private industry. So I said, yes, I'll serve on it. And I just sat in the back while all these important people were making decisions. And then I started to study the finance, the finances, and I learned a little bit more about it. One thing led to another. The chairman of the board actually passed away. And this chairman's in the newspapers and on TV and everything. And so they looked around the room and they said, hey, Daryl, I'm 28 at the time. Hey, you know a lot about the finances. You want to be chairman. This is, again, this is a good moment for me to re- reflect on that, perp- that point I just made. I was way, way, way in over my head. And I said yes. And despite all my insecurities, I said yes. And I jumped on that board and I, I was chairman for several years. And we successfully transitioned the uh, part of the city from uh, uh, from the military to the private sector. And about a year after that, the mayor of the city of San Antonio named a park after me at that at that base, the Daryl W. Lyons Park. Now, I, I'm blown away by that even today, but I my point is, is I'm insecure as anyone else, but I don't let that insecurity stop me. I think God can use me in amazing ways if I just let him. And that was an, that's an example of what God did. And as a result, there's a park here today because I just got in over my head and it worked. Everything worked out. That is amazing. And guys, that's just another example of putting yourself in the right place and, and, you know, getting yourself out there and offering your services to people. It just it turns out it just works out, man. I love it. What does living a life of abundance mean to you, Daryl? I love the word abundance. I'm so glad that you use that. And I talk about that uh, as well. Um, I, I, I was at a function the other day and this guy, it was a, it was a birthday party and this guy walks in and I ain't seen him in a long time. And he, I never met his wife and he introduces his wife and I leave the party and I go, I told my wife, her name's Caress. I said, you know what? We changed that family tree. And she goes, why? She goes, I, I said, because he um, had called me and I barely knew him and he was struggling financially. And I went on Facebook and I said, I, I shared his story with my Facebook community. And I said, look, this, this, this man, he's a good man, but he's struggling financially. Can we scrounge up collectively $3,000 to get him through life? And, and the, the story was compelling enough. The, the financial situation was accurate enough. I could I could validate the 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 rationale that it wasn't an abuse. In about a day or two, uh, my Facebook buddies they we and females and men they, they collectively gave me about three thousand dollars. I handed it to him, changed his life, um, and then um, I actually got him a job with a, a local construction company. I say all that because when we left the party, I said I just Chris, I want you to know we changed that family tree, and we'll never know. Uh, our role uh, and the the other direction they might have gone, but we changed them. And so when I when I have a life of abundance means that I I that I can reflect on people's lives around me and say I made a difference in changing the direction of their entire family, and I, I take so much satisfaction in that that I played a role. And um, leaving that party, I go, you know, I, I want to keep doing that. That's 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 amazing to me. So. Uh, I think a life of abundance is being able to say, you know, I I can literally take inventory and say I made a difference in that family's life. That is beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. So, brother, we're going to close this up. Before we do, we're definitely going to have your website, uh, paxfinancialgroup.com, linked up in the show notes. Um, Make sure you send me uh, any links that you have to any of your books or anything of that nature that we can have linked up as well. But what do we not talk about that you want to ensure our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? 
Man, we covered so much good stuff. Um, I'm I'm certainly honored to be on the show, and um, we never covered behavioral finance. Maybe we'll do that another time. Not a big deal, but but it's just a fun conversation. And um, they can grab you know they can grab my book. Uh, the latest one's eighteen two eighty, and so I do talk about behavioral finance in there. Um, so that's that may be something that they can do offline. And there's there's um, there's some stuff out there, but it's a good conversation for people to get a handle around because it's actually. Uh, the, uh, if they understand how their behavior impacts their wallets, they can make better decisions. Well, how is that? Let's get, we, we have time. If you have time for a minute, okay. let's get into yeah, that yeah, a little I, bit. Yeah, I'm good. Well, what, what we identified is, um, that, you know, when we talk about like, okay, our investment portfolios, um, are growing or not growing and, um, you have some, some attributes to an investment portfolio, even your net worth and three attributes that, that the financial world identifies are what, investments you picked, like your stock picking, how you spread it out, they call that asset allocation, did you buy international or not, and your timing of everything. So those are three attributes. The interesting thing about those three attributes in terms of results, they only account for 13% of your results, which is crazy, right? Because we spend a lot of time uh, dissecting those three things. But 87% of the results, and this is common sense, is but it's academically identified 87% of the results of your in- investments and your net worth it's not from those three things but rather the decisions that you make and so rather than focusing on some other intangibles um, how can we improve better decision making and then we, we have to ask ourselves even further questions what is influencing our decision making today and you talked about in one of your shows recently biases the interesting thing about bias is that um, we, uh, as men, actually make worse investment decisions than women. Women are proven to have to make better uh, decisions with their investments. Again, why is this happening? And what can we do to improve it? And what biases do we have that are uh, causing us to make emotional decisions and ultimately reducing our uh, financial health? And so that's the study of behavioral financing, taking inventory of your biases, um, reframing, um, making rational, not emotional decisions, and 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 then ultimately the that improves outcomes. So that's the essence of behavioral finance. Wow, yeah, that's deep, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I dig it. anything behavioral, this behavioral based. I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, definitely want to get more into that. So, which make sure we you have the book linked up, um, and the description and stuff like that, and we'll have all that linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com. Yeah, you got it. Awesome. So, brother, it was a great conversation. I'm glad we fit that last piece in there because that was ultimately what I wanted to talk to you about. Anyway, we just got <laughs> off onto other conversations, which is fine, too, but I wanted to make sure we fit that in there. So, man, just go out and live your life of abundance. Keep paying it forward because you're making a huge difference, and I'm really digging it. Thank you. All right, guys. So, as promised, your action steps for today are to take inventory of your financial behavior. How are you making decisions on what you're purchasing, what you're spending, on even on what you're earning and how you're earning it? All of this rolls together, what you're investing in, what your insurance needs look like, and are you meeting your insurance needs? Look, you've heard it before. Many want to speculate why the poor stay poor and the rich get richer. The bottom line is this, education. The wealthy and the rich, quite frankly, educate themselves, and they take advantage of as many of the opportunities that are afforded to them by law. And another little saying you might have heard before is, 
If you think education is expensive, try ignorance. Because contrary to popular belief, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance costs you money. Ignorance can make you desolate and homeless really quick. But the right education from the right people can get you financial freedom. How do you think I know that, guys? So take inventory of your financial behavior and your decisions. Get educated and take appropriate action. Make adjustments where needed. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.